Welcome to the MPFFU Podcast. The intent and purpose of the MPFFU Podcast is to support the mission to improve wages, working hours, and working conditions for its members. This podcast will disseminate evidence-based relevant information, resources, and strategies. To accomplish this, the MPFFU Podcast will provide reliable, factual, and actionable information that strengthens, empowers, and supports the MPFFU members and locals through United Action. Now our host, Jeff Lassers. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the MPFFU Podcast. I'm Jeff Lassers and I've been a firefighter paramedic with the West Bloomfield Township Fire Department, Local 1721 since 2004. In this episode, we introduce you to Kevin Caldwell. Kevin is a firefighter and paramedic with the Westland Fire Department, Local 1279, as well as a member of the MPFFU Union Education Committee. Kevin is here to talk about contract grievances and the grievance process. For context, a grievance is an allegation or complaint by a member or members of a union that there has been a violation, misinterpretation, or improper application of the terms and conditions of the Collective Bargaining Agreement, or CBA, a.k.a. the contract. Kevin and I will also discuss Duty of Fair Representation, or DFR, which is the legal assurance that every member is represented fairly and equally. This turned out to be a fantastic episode that gives a great overview of contract grievances. Check us out on Instagram at m.p.f.f.u and please subscribe to the Michigan Professional Firefighters Union YouTube channel. Thank you and enjoy the show. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. So to kick us off, tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where you do it. My name is Kevin Caldwell. I work for the City of Westland Fire Department. I serve on our executive board as the vice president. I started as the secretary. I've been on the board for almost 10 years. And the way our local structured is the vice president is uh, directly in charge of processing grievances and handling disciplinary actions uh, that's given down by the chief or the city. So that's why we're here. Yeah, so you're very familiar with grievances, the process, and everything in between. Absolutely, absolutely. That's really the main point of the day. Based on what we've talked about, let's just get the boring definition out of the way. A grievance is really a mechanism to hold the employer accountable to the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, a.k.a. the contract. Bottom line it for me, what is a grievance? It's a process that's put in place uh, by the executive board's negotiated item in the contract, so it varies from contract to contract. And it's a process or an avenue that we as members, uh, an employee or, or a group of employees would have to take if the contract's violated or if they think the contract's violated. It just gives us a process to handle those situations. Right. I guess you're saying something might not be as clear. It might just be an interpretation of what it actually says that they think is being violated. So right. That's interesting. Okay. So yeah, so there's two essential types of grievances. So there's a direct violation, a very obvious violation. It states word for word, that this individual should get upgraded or should be in charge for that day. And that was not, that did not take place for some reason. And so that's a clear violation and it's an easy grievance. And But we have to go through the process to solve that problem, most likely to, so it doesn't happen again. The other type would be the union interprets language one way, the employer interprets language the other way, or the fire chief. And so there's a debate going on between this language that is vague. And so then we use the grievance process to clear up that debate. Okay. It's not clear. Nobody can make the direct call. We're kind of at an impasse. So a grievance is put in so that that thing can be cleared up. Right. Yeah. And then contract language is left vague for a lot of reasons. uh, Sure. You know, so and a lot of times it's how we've been acting in, in the past or for years and years and years, we've done something this way. A new fire chief wants to do it differently. It doesn't spell it out in the contract. 
So then now he or she will change that unilaterally, and then we have to use the grievance process to fight that change if we want to or force the city to negotiate that change if, if we think that's necessary also. Okay, so it's really, truly not as cut and dry of the contract was broken. There's interpretations. There's all these different things that can happen based on the clarity of that information. So what information is officially listed on these grievances? There is like a, a very general template that the IFF offers, and generally those are provided in steps, but it's a negotiated item, and so it varies from contract to contract, just like any other items that are in all of our local contracts. There's a lot of general things that the grievance would say, but basically it states the validity of the argument, and then any contract language that was violated, and then a potential resolution that would be suggested by the, the grievant or the union. Okay, so it's not just an email that says, I grieve this. It's literally, here's an event that occurred. Here's where it is a violation or it could be considered a violation based on past practice. And here's what should happen to fix the problem and move on. That's right. Yep. Okay, so it's clearly that, but obviously everybody's header is different and the dates, how they do it. But Absolutely. bottom line, it's got to contain those things. That makes sense. So when is it most appropriate to file that grievance? Is Can I let things linger for a while or is this something with, that's time sensitive? That's another detail that would be negotiated in your contract, going back to knowing your contract and how important that is. But generally, all these steps would have time frames to them, and you would have a certain amount of time to file a grievance after discovery of that grievance. So either the grievance or the executive board or whoever processes the grievances, once they are aware of it, then the, the time frame starts. It's defined in our contract very clearly on when we can file a grievance and when we can't. So. Right, and like in our last episode, we talked to Mickey and Matt Zernicki talking to them about things that you should be looking at your contract. And one of those is grievances. Absolutely. When yeah. you got to do it, these are terms and conditions that affect your work life. These can be bargained for at the table. So who's the best person to file the grievance and why is, is again, is this something that's spelled out in the contract or is this, you know, the person who feels the need to grieve, do they got to be the one that submits it? Yeah. So it will be defined in the contract and then possibly the locals constitution and bylaws who's in charge of processing those grievances. Generally, an individual can file a grievance, and then it'll define even further who you file that grievance with, depending on the step. So again, my local, our step one, we file with the shift commander. So that may not be for you know everyone's local, but that's how we do that. So it'll be defined by your contract on, on what you do. Okay, so it's probably either listed in there, like you said, or like you said, the bylaws. So it's probably the e-board probably has a piece of paper within their bylaws or a section that says this person's responsible for hooking up with the person that feels grieved to submit all the paperwork and information. Absolutely. So it's all spelled out so the procedures are there. That makes yeah. sense. All right, Kevin. So give me a, just give you summarize it for me. What are all these grievance variables? I like to keep it pretty simple, you know, and we, we talk about, uh, we can talk about a lot of complicated things and get in the weeds, but it's just really why, what, when, who, and how. Okay. So why do I need to file a grievance? Well, if we've been violated, we need to hold the employer accountable, just like we would expect the employer to hold us accountable to this bargaining agreement that we both agreed to. What, uh, what is a grievance and when does it apply? That's important for us to know. When, again, those time frames are, are super important to know because once we exceed those time frames, we really get in trouble as far as wanting to argue our case. Who, who do we file with? Who helps us process it? Who has the information? Those are all important things to know. And then how, how do I go about filling this poll thing out? So it sounds like the, it's really easy thing to do to find out this information from my CBA and my contract, my local, A, I look at the contract, and then I just talk to my e-board. And between those two things, I probably get a good handle on that. 
Exactly, exactly. Okay, right on. Is there an official grievance process for all MPFFU locals? Do we all adhere to the same rules and standards? There's no standard as far as the MPFFU. Uh, the IFF has very general rules when it comes to the grievance process and how we negotiate that, just as models that we could use in negotiations. Every uh, contract that you would look at would have a slightly different process that would best fit their situation. Right, because we're not all the same. Right, absolutely. Right, we do all the same things, but it, there's so many different variables of how you can do anything. It seems like you can't have this like hard line rule of how you do this one thing at every different municipality in the state of Michigan. Right, and there's similarities, of course, but yeah, they're all a little bit different. Yeah, and like you said, it probably gives a model, and then we share ideas on how other locals are doing it and how it could be improved upon in ours. Absolutely. Okay. So what do the steps of the grievance process typically look like? I'm guessing they're not so far different that they uh, can't at least have commonality to them. It's suggested across the board is we always try to resolve agreements informally. All that means is that at whatever level we need to start at, whether it's with the shift commander or the fire chief or the city, you always try to have a casual conversation. Maybe it's that situation where it was, it was a one-time accident or they recognize like, hey, you're right. This is contract's clear. We misinterpreted it. The miracle situation where everyone has a perfect relationship with the city that they work for. But you always try to start there. If we can't resolve it informally, then that becomes uh, an official grievance. Depending on what your contract states and what you've negotiated for your local, then you would follow the grievance process officially by filing a grievance. So they're going to look at those three things that we mentioned already, the validity of the argument, they're going to reference any contract language that may or may not have been violated. And then they're going to suggest a resolution or a remedy to that grievance. All right, so that gets sent in. So what happens after? Who receives it? What do they do? Well, that all depends on what's spelled out in your contract. So it could be uh, your shift commander. It could be the fire chief. It could be the city, depending on what steps your executive board has to take according to the, the bargaining unit. But and that's they, usually how it's listed out in the CBA is steps of a grievance process. It literally, that's kind of like a common nomenclature for the process, correct? That's correct, yeah. First person to review the grievance is typically the fire chief or the department representative or their designee. That's typically it. So it officially gets in there. The chief gets it, reviews it, and they can either agree with the grievance and remedy the situation or they can deny the grievance and disagree. So if they deny the grievance at whatever step you started at, then that time frame that we already talked about, grievance processor would have that amount of time to then file it at the next level. So if it started at the fire chief, then perhaps you go to the township or the, or the city. So there's obviously steps to kind of keep escalating this all the way up to the top. And it sounds like it would end with the employer at that part, because after that, what do I do? So if denied by the employer, I guess the local can consider arbitration? Yeah, so they would consider grievance arbitration. And then again, not to repeat myself, but depending on what your contract says and how that process works. So there's 312 arbitration. That would be contract arbitration. That's something different. Grievance arbitration is it's going to go in front of an arbitrator, a neutral party, to decide because the union and the employer cannot decide on this grievance. So there has to be an end game to this, and that arbitrator would have final decision on the interpretation of that language or the decision of that grievance arbitration. Okay, so grievance arbitration is literally you have exhausted all of your grievance procedures at your municipality via your contract, and now it's like, all right, we got to take it outside to a third party to essentially handle it and make a decision. That's correct, yeah. And again, they're going to look at all the same stuff we looked at, and interpret it in the way that they feel interpreted and follow all of that. Correct. Copy. Okay. So like everything else, it could end in all the way leading up to and may include arbitration. 
but can be solved at any point in the process and just stopped. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Even if we're headed to arbitration, we're in that step, and then we settle right before we go in front of the arbitrator. Even to that point, it could be settled. So. Okay. And arbitration is a... Just cost money. That's yeah, all. right. It's going to say <laughs> the logistics of arbitration may outweigh agreeing with the grievance. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and at yeah. some point, you got to do a little math there and see if the juice is worth the squeeze. Absolutely. Okay. So let's get a little bit of duty of fair representation. What is it? Yeah, so simply duty of fair representation beyond morally being responsible to represent every member, what DFR, duty of fair representation, provides is legal assurance that every member is going to be represented fairly and equally, no matter whether they're the most liked guy on the department or the most hated person on the department or anything in between. It provides protection for those members. So our association, our organization is consistent in how we choose to represent our members. It's essentially the legal rights to assure that your own process was upheld. Absolutely. And we didn't underprotect Bill because we don't like Bill. We didn't overprotect Bill because we love Bill. You know, it's one of those things of, do you have a process? Did you follow it? Are you executing it in parity? Correct, yeah. Okay. So really, it breaks down to the fact, it sounds like it serves three things. To serve the interests of all members without hostility or discrimination toward any. To exercise its discretion in complete good faith and honesty. And to avoid arbitrary contact. So like we said before, it's, it's really just making sure the process is upheld equally for everybody because that's the whole point and strength of the union. That's right. So, okay, it's a great theory, but it doesn't always happen. So what happens if a member does not receive fair representation? That could mean legal recourse for the uh, union. It could mean litigation for the union. It's a legal obligation that we have to represent every member fairly. So it's really important that we uphold that. It's beyond a responsibility for the executive board, the huge assurance that our members have that they're going to be fairly represented. I'd love to say that every local that's ever been is going to be honest no matter what, but this holds their feet to the fire when they're not. So, Okay, so as we end here, give me some rules of thumb to help our locals maintain fair representation for MPFFU members. A couple of things. Take the personalities out of it. Avoid trying to overprotect one person and underprotect the next. And really follow your process every time and be diligent about that. It sounds like if I follow those three rules, I'm minimizing uh, the possibility of breaching a duty of fair representation. You are. You are. And that can be tough. That, that can be tough to like separate feelings because we're a very emotional group of human beings that love to just no. thrive on emotions, yeah. don't we? We love it. So, But it does take a special person. And I've personally seen many e-board members do an excellent job of upholding that and making sure they protect people equally and taking all personalities out of it. So tip of the cap to those that do it well. That's right. <laughs> all right, Kevin, thank you very much for coming in today. We could have had Michael Lando here today, but he's tired. Yeah. I appreciate your time today. Thank you to Kevin Caldwell for joining us on the 17th episode of the MPFFU podcast. We appreciate you coming on the show to discuss the importance of MPFFU members, understanding contract grievances, the process, and duty of fair representation. To learn more, please join us on September 19, 2023 at the Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi, Michigan for the MPFFU Member Orientation Class. From brand new members to the seasoned vet, this free event has something for everyone. The two-hour class provides an overview of the MPFFU, how it works, and the resources that are available to locals and members. You'll even get to see Kevin Caldwell live as he covers more details about contract grievances. 
The class runs from 10 a.m. to noon. Afterwards, members are encouraged to stick around, enjoy lunch on us, and network with professional firefighters from around the state. To register, scan the QR code on the screen now, or click on the link in the episode description. Thank you. Have a great day.